Hi, welcome to the As You Are podcast. It's Anna and Emily, and we're back for week two of our series about women in the Bible. Today we're going to talk about the story of Ruth, and there is another woman in the story named Naomi. This is a really great story with a lot of great takeaways, so settle in. Okay, so week two of Women in the Bible. Emily, how are you feeling about it? Okay, so I've always liked Esther the most in my mind. Like when I think about cool women in the Bible, I'm like, Esther, she is my queen. But I love Ruth and reading this story just, I think I like it even better. How are you feeling? Yeah, I do too. Not that we should like measure them against each other, but maybe it's the aspect of like the mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship. Not even Mm -hmm. that, but like the two women having a relationship and like being friends I think that's like a special piece that we don't get in the book of Esther is to see like the loyalty between those two friends. I think so too. Those two like women in their family. I I love my friends and so it's fun to like see two friends that are related because of marriage but also that are just like loyal and like looking for each other's best interests and looking out for each other and of course there's Boaz who's the heartthrob of the entire bible (laughs) yes of course Boaz we love him Uh, can't wait so let's dive into some themes so the book of Ruth is one of two books of the bible that are about women. We went over the first one last week, Esther, which we already talked about. And then obviously we're talking about Ruth this week. And what is so amazing about Ruth's story is that she actually was not an Israelite. So she wasn't Jewish. She hadn't grown up in the Jewish culture, and yet she's still used in such a huge way. She technically was a Moabite woman. And in those days, people who were Jewish weren't even really supposed to interact with the Moabites. They weren't supposed to be around them because they worshiped other gods. But we see Ruth, her life like completely changes. And God uses this unlikely person who like wasn't even supposed to be a part of the story from the Jewish people's eyes. And from her line comes King David, and then from King David comes Jesus. So she is like, I don't know how many greats, okay, like great, 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 great grandmother to Jesus, which is amazing. Yeah, it just shows how you can never predict what type of person or what story God wants to write. Exactly. Emily, will you do a little summary of the book of Ruth for us? Yes. I just listened to the Bible app. Ruth has four chapters. It's pretty fast. I think each chapter was like three minutes. Yeah, it's a really quick one. I would really encourage y'all to go listen to the Bible app. I listened to the message and ESV versions, and you're really going to like it because it's a great story. Um, But basically, Naomi is married to a man named Elimelech. So these are like, I guess, the mother-in-law, father-in-law figures in the story. (laughs) And there is a famine in the land of Judah. So they have to leave and they find their way to Moab where there's apparently food. They live there for 10 years. So they have like left their homeland kind of out of necessity, bring their two sons, but their two sons end up marrying Moabite women. So we have Ruth and we have the other sister-in-law, Orpah. Which also like 
in those days, that was a no-no. So we don't really know like what led them to get married, but it happened. And somehow, it doesn't tell us how, Elimelech dies. A little bit later, both of the sons die. So these three women are in Moab with no men in their life, which would have been... It leaves them all in a very vulnerable position. So Naomi decides, I need to go back to Judah, where I'm from, to reconnect with people. And plus, she had heard that the famine was no longer happening there, and so there was food there. So the three women start trekking back to Bethlehem, is where they're headed. And then Naomi sort of has this moment where she's like, what am I doing? I'm not going to bring these women away from their families because Ruth and Orpah had families in Moab, mother and father. So they're being asked to leave their family to go back to a faraway land. So she's like, I'm not going to ask them to do this. Y'all stay. They exchange teary goodbyes and Orpah decides to stay in Moab. But Ruth says, no way. I'm not leaving. I want to be with you. And I absolutely love the verse. Can you read Ruth 1, 16 through 17? I can. Let me turn to it. So Ruth 1, 16 through 17. It says, But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. So Ruth has this extreme loyalty to Naomi and love for her. And this is also her conversion moment, because like we were saying, she is a Moabite and they worship all sorts of gods. And Ruth is saying, I want to come with you. I want to belong to your people. I want to belong to your God. And if... If I don't, let God punish me, kind of. (laughs) I mean, she's like serious about it. So she goes with Naomi back to Bethlehem. When Naomi and Ruth arrive in Bethlehem, the people see her and they're like, oh my gosh, no way is this Naomi. She's back, our girl. And Naomi says, don't call me your girl. I'm not the same person. I am bitter. You should call me Mara, M-A-R-A, which means bitter. And she's basically blaming it on God. She's saying, God has forsaken me and left me with nothing. So Naomi is super bitter, and Ruth is there serving her and taking care of her like an angel. One of the first scenes that we see is they need food. And so Ruth offers to go to people's fields where they're harvesting, I think it's barley. Mm Mm-hmm. So basically she would go to the harvesters and say, hey, is it okay if I go behind you guys and pick off like whatever's left? So it would have been just picking up the scraps that they didn't even want. And so the first field that she happens to go to is owned by this man named Boaz, who is rich, it says, and also like a close relative of Naomi. So... She's going through the field working all day long, and then he comes out and says, who's this girl, to his harvesters. And his harvesters say, that's the Moabite woman that came here with Naomi. So he had already heard a ton about her, the fact that she was loyal, the fact that she had been taking care of Naomi. And he says to Ruth, he introduces himself, 
What a charmer. <laughs> is this their, meet, says, their meet cute? Yeah, this is their meet cute. <laughs> so he says, um, hey, who are you? And she says, I'm Ruth. And he's so nice to her, which probably wouldn't have been expected. She's a stranger. She's a foreigner. And he basically says, you can come here every single day. We're going to leave out water for you. And I'm going to tell all of the workers to protect you. There's actually a verse where it talks about she may have been attacked or assaulted if she worked on other fields. So he's providing this extreme protection for her and care for her and is so nice to her. So she goes back to Naomi that night and says, this man was so nice. And Naomi says, who? And she says, Boaz. So Naomi is like, oh my gosh, that's our relative. So nice of him. And also he happens to be a a relative in the family that is qualified as a redeemer, meaning if someone's husband passes away, this person would be qualified to marry the widow, take over whatever land was left behind by the other man. And so I guess this was customary in the Mm -hmm. time. So he was a redeemer of their family. He was like going to protect Ruth and Naomi. Like if he married her, it would be like protection for the widow. Because if not, they're left alone to, like, what she's doing. Like, go pick up the scraps of what's already been harvested. You guys have probably heard Jesus saying taking care of the orphans and the widows because both of those people groups were marginalized and not taken care of and not seen as valuable. Yeah. And so, yeah, they would have been in a situation where they were not safe and they weren't provided for and they didn't have any way of having food or money. So him taking care of her would have been a huge gift. So then Naomi starts to get an idea. You need to go and, you know, talk to Boaz and tell him, you're a redeemer of our family. Will you marry me? I'm like available for marriage. Anyway, Naomi says, I know exactly where he's going to be because he was harvesting grain. It's the end of the harvest. And she says, you can go to this place and find him. She gives Ruth specific instructions and says, Find him here, do this, and tell him that you're available for marriage. So Ruth is so obedient. In that situation, I might be like, no, that's awkward. But (laughs) she goes anyway. She's laying at his feet. He's asleep. And when he wakes up, he sees her there, and he's like, oh, my gosh, who is this woman? Keep in mind, this is their second time meeting. So they met in the field, and now they're meeting in this situation. And um, she's like, He's like, who are you? (laughs) She's like, I'm Ruth. I am, you know, you met me once. And also I'm a relative and I, my family needs protection and you're a redeemer. Will you marry me? This is her proposal. (laughs) And he actually is so nice and says, yes, like, yes, I, but there's somebody in line ahead of me. That's a closer redeemer. So let me talk to him and I'll get this settled. And I loved this because in the ESV, when she goes back and tells Naomi this, he sends her back with tons of grain and and helps protect her on her way back. And when yeah. Ruth tells Naomi what happened, Naomi says, I know this man and he's going to take care of it quickly. I loved that. For some reason, it's just like his character is known and he does take care of it quickly. The next morning when he wakes up, he goes into the town square and sets a meeting with some of the leaders and, and the family that would have been related to Ruth and Naomi. And he says, hey, you're the closest redeemer. Naomi is selling this land. 
would you like to buy it and redeem them? The guy says, yes. And then Boaz slides in there. Also, if you do that, you have to marry Ruth. So he says, oop, no can do. You go ahead and do it, Boaz. And Boaz is like, yes. Yeah. He's like, okay, great. Great. I'll marry her then. In those days when you're making a business deal, you take off one of your shoes to say the deal is done. So the closer relative takes off his shoe. The deal is done. Everyone has witnessed it in the town square. And then Boaz goes and marries Ruth. They have a son. And that son is... It's only like great great grandfather, uh, or maybe three greats of David. Oh, like her line became royal. The end. Yeah. So it says in Matthew chapter one. If you guys are interested in this, Matthew chapter one has the genealogy of Jesus, and in that genealogy, Ruth is one of four women mentioned, which never happened. Like. Women were never, ever, ever mentioned in a genealogy. But in Jesus' genealogy, there's four of them. And one is Ruth. It says, um, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. And Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of King David. So literally. So crazy. Only two, two removed. Yeah. So like, great, great. I mean, it's so wild to me the way God works because he is so kind and he's so not about labels. Yeah, he's not. She should not have been the great, great grandmother of King David, the most famous and beloved king. And therefore a great grandmother of Jesus. But, but she was, I think that brings us to like one of our first main themes that we really already kind of touched on at the beginning, but the story of Ruth tells us that God wants to use unlikely people and that like our past doesn't define us. I think those are two huge themes that come through when we read the book of Ruth is like Ruth should technically have not been accepted by Boaz, by Naomi, like her, Mm -hmm. she's never technically should have even been married into Naomi's family. And yet God like doesn't look at that and say, "Mm, nope, you're too messy or like you're not actually a part of Jewish tradition or Jewish culture, so I, like, I can't use you. He says, okay, I see your faithfulness and I see your yes. I see your loyalty to Naomi and I'm going to use that. Like He honors that, which is so cool. Her past didn't define her. And Ruth does have a turning point. Like Emily mentioned it when she was reading the story, when she's saying to Naomi, I'm part of your family. Your God is my God. From there on, we see God using Ruth in a huge way. Like all she had to do was say like, yes, I'm going to go where you go. And she continues to say yes to like God's nudgings and Naomi's instruction. Yeah, I love that she says your God is my God. Yeah, me too. And like where you're buried, I'll be buried. I mean, she was loyal and God was so faithful Mm -hmm. through her. And here's something that stood out to me. So Naomi is another woman in this story that I really do think is awesome. Yeah. She is highlighted in this story during a sad time in her life. Her husband has passed away and both of her kids. I mean, she's depressed. So, so, so sad and is unsure if God even still cares about her or sees her. Through this story, we see that 
first of all, of course he does. And he had a plan all along, but had to take her through some really hard, bitter seasons before that good stuff came through at the end. Yeah. And so I love that he used Ruth, like a friend and a daughter and another woman to help take care of her and redeem her story. So if if we are like applying ourselves to the story and maybe you're in a period of time where you're feeling like there's unanswered prayers or like mm-hmm. there is stuff that's just been taken and taken and taken away from you, I think my encouragement that I took from this is don't forget to look around you. Is God answering your prayer through protection and friendship and are there ways that he is at work that you're just not seeing yet? Yeah. Like who are the people in your lives that God has provided to help walk with you through this season? Because like we're never actually alone. I feel like one of the biggest lies we tell ourselves is, especially when we're walking through something hard, like I'm I'm walking through this alone. Nobody understands. But that's rarely true. Like more often than not, God has provided people and women and friendships around you to walk with you through that. And so I just, I like, I love that, Emily. I love that you brought that up because I think that's so true. Like Naomi honestly is a little bit of like a glimpse into humanity. Like she's walking through something really hard and she's, honest about that you know like I think sometimes she gets a little bit of a bad rep at the beginning just because she is really bitter but if you think about it like especially if she's bitter towards God yeah you know? and it, there, it's we've easy we've all been there at times it's easy to be like can't she see that like Ruth is staying with her and like of course we can see that like we're reading the story but we're not walking yeah. through Naomi's pain And she's lost her husband and her sons. And yes, Ruth stayed with her, but it doesn't change the fact that what she has walked through is really hard. But her friendship with Ruth, like, allows her and, like, leads her to see the bigger picture of God's faithfulness throughout each hardship. Yeah. Does your mom also send you, like, (laughs) random quotes on Instagram? Mine does. (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) Not on Instagram, just like real life, but yes. Here's one that my mom sent me on Instagram, but I thought this was really cool and definitely applies to not only this story, but our lives too. We are conditioned to believe that we're destined for greatness when all along we're destined for trials. The greatness is found in our ability to rejoice and keep the genuineness of our faith even in the hard place. Mm. And I just love that because it's true. We can't buy into the lie that life is ever really going to be easy. I don't think it's ever just going to be easy. There are always going to be ups and downs. And it's, can we keep our faith? Can we keep our eyes on God in the hard place as well as the good places? And one of the ways that I love that this story was redeemed is that, to me, it seems like Naomi obviously culturally was a family person, but it seems to me like she just loved family, maybe even more than just from a cultural standpoint. And so when Ruth had her baby at the very end in chapter four, um, the whole town starts calling Ruth's baby, Naomi's baby. <laughs> like, yeah. She, it says like she snuggled him every day and like gave, like waited on him hand and foot. And I mean, I think that her joy was made complete in the Lord's answered mm-hmm. prayer yeah. and she was given another gift at the end of the story. Yeah, that's really true. 
and like the gift that she was mourning so deeply at the beginning was like the loss of her family, the loss of her family line. The Lord, through very unexpected circumstances, still brought, like still came through for Naomi, I guess is like one way to say it. Yeah. I was listening to a sermon by John Piper. He has like a sermon series on this. It's from the 80s, so it's old, but (laughs) the Bible's old too, so it's still good. Um, True. And he says that one of the main themes of Ruth is to encourage us to try to stay alert to the little rays of light that show the Lord is plotting for your glory in the hardest of times. And I just love, like, I loved that imagery of like staying alert to the little rays of light. And we can easily miss them if we're not looking for them. You know, like it's not a spotlight. It's not the sun. It's like these little rays that are helping us stay aware of the fact that like God is working for our good because that's what he's doing with Naomi and with Ruth's stories. Yep. I think it's so interesting that they call the men that will rescue the family line redeemers. Yeah. And then of course we reference Jesus as redeemer all the time. And I think that that in like a word picture kind of way can really speak to what he's doing for us. Mm -hmm. Jesus is redeeming us when we trust him and follow him. He is taking all of our past, all of our, whatever we've lost, whatever we need, and he's making it new and protecting us and giving us a future. I just love that. Yeah. And it's cool, like from the line of Ruth and the Redeemer Boaz comes our Redeemer, Jesus. So true. That's cool. I do think it's important for us to remember we are all, or a lot of us, are like a Ruth. Maybe you feel like Ruth right now, or maybe you feel like a Naomi. Like, who who are your closest friends? Mm. And like, what is your role in their life right now? Is your role to cling to your friends and ask for help and to say like, hey, what I'm walking through right now is really hard and I need help. Um, or is your role to be more like a Ruth and be like, I'm there for you. I'm I'm here to support you and to love you and to help walk you through this. I think there I can remember times in my life where I've definitely leaned more and been more like a Naomi and been like, I need help. Like thinking back to college and having really bad anxiety, my housemates in college, like they were lifelines in a lot of ways. Like when I couldn't see God's faithfulness and goodness on my own, they helped me see that. They were Ruth to me. Um, yeah. And then I know there's also been other times where I feel like the Lord has called me to encourage my friends or women that I'm around. And so it's cool. I think we can see ourselves in their story, in both both of their stories. It's not just one, you know. You're not either a Ruth or a Naomi. I think we're both in a lot of ways. And that's important to think about with our friendships. Me too. And whether you're in a Bible study through As You Are or not, Christian community was designed to keep us provided for and safe. It goes back to what we were talking about with the body of Christ. There are people that are gifted to encourage you in this season. At the beginning of the story, Naomi tells Ruth and Orpah to go. And we can push people away or we can allow God to meet our needs through our friends and through our community. So just a little reminder that it's easy to push people away, but keeping your heart open. It was modeled by Jesus in a lot of different ways. 
Every time people disappointed him, every time he got let down, he kept going to God in prayer and yeah. he kept his heart open. And so even though that's hard, that is the path to healing. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Um, y'all, we have one more week of our Women of the Bible series, which we're really excited about. So tune in next week for that. But to close us up, Emily, will you pray for us? Yeah, I would love to. God, would you just remind us today that we don't have to be a cookie cutter, perfect person to be used by you. I love the way that you work. I love the way that you see us and you know us and you want to use us and partner with us. Would you let the story of Ruth and of Naomi really encourage us this week to look to you, to keep our hearts open and to let you use people in our lives to provide for us. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, we are officially launched into spring semester, which is wild. The Bible studies at University of North Carolina and South Carolina both start back this Wednesday, January 25th, and UGA is also back kicking. So if you need to know where to go, just DM us and check back next Sunday for our third week of Awesome Women in the Bible. Bye. Bye.